We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Jacob Albrocht, Tommy Castor. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. Back in, everybody. Sports Daily, KFH. Uh, Brett Harris, a very big Shocker fan, a personality that you probably have heard or seen over the years. Former colleague over at 12 News uh, tweets at a solid Friday topic. Coach Turgeon's return would be an epic storybook return to Kansas. He's from Topeka, I believe. Uh, many Shocker fans already talking about this in his section um, and says that, you know, Kevin Saul should be thinking about this. That's so that that tells you. I mean, that's a shocker. That's a big time shocker fan saying that he would support something like that. I, I just again, like I don't know if it's time. I mean, is it time to even explore it? Is one part of the question. Does a candidate potentially like that uh, make it any different? I think you have to do your due diligence. I just don't, you know. We'll see. It's it's an interesting time in the program's history because so many things are happening that are so important in college athletics and setting yourself up into a place of success. Uh, Mark Turgeon is 58 years old, so you wonder what you know. What's the long term appetite? Probably a little while. Is this team improving enough, which it's improving. I, again, I don't think there's any doubt about that, enough that gives you hope that next year they could compete to win a league title. I think it matters what players come back. Um, I think it matters what new players come in. So, again, it's all a timing thing, Tommy. And then you have the elephant in the room of, the, of these buyouts, right? I, I just I, – it's more complicated than people are 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 thinking about at least to me, like I don't know if there's a long line of people ready to raise money to pay these buyouts and pay another coach. I don't know that there is. I, I don't know, Tommy. Like it's it's hard to guess at that. I know people think that there are, oh, Coke Industries is here. I'll just write a check. I, yeah, it's not that simple. It's not that simple. Um, that's why there that's why there are so many moving parts in this right and so right. many different things that play into it where again going back to what i said before and what we talked about before unless it's a slam dunk no brainer and this is not and i don't think honestly i don't think that anybody in the fan base 
should be thinking this is a slam dunk no-brainer. If you think this is a slow a slam dunk no-brainer decision, you clearly are not paying attention because there are so many different things at play here with the buyouts and with the transfer portal and with NIL, with the improvement we've seen over the last month or so. Again, I don't know if Isaac Brown is the right choice for the head coach long-term at Wichita State. I don't know that. I don't have a crystal ball, but what I'm saying right now It's not a no-brainer, and so if it's not a no-brainer, then I think that, yeah, you mentioned the words due diligence. I guarantee you that Kevin Saul is doing his due diligence right now. That will continue, but I don't think that you can make any kind of of jerk reaction right this second, and and he's not going to, but but knee-jerk. I just don't think that you can make a... Uh, like make up your mind right now. I, th- there's so much more that goes into it. I know it's it's like the least popular answer ever ever for either side of this coin. But I, I, I'm sorry, I'm not ready to make the call. I'm not ready to make the call either yeah. way, either direction. I'm just well, not. And that's why, I, like, if, if I had to gun to my head right now, make a make a call. He stays for another year. Like, if I what if, if you, you made knew... me make a call right now, that's what I would say. What if you knew Turgeon was an option? Like, what if you knew the money could be there to get him? Yeah, that's the caveat in it. Uh, I've, I've thought about this a lot um, because you, you could potentially bring in Mark Turgeon, bring him back, and then here's another little twist to it. His son, Will, is a graduate assistant for the University of Colorado under Tad Boyle. That would be kind of a cool homecoming. You bring back his son to be an assistant coach under Mark Turgeon. Like, that would be kind of cool. Uh, when Will Turgeon was here, he was a little boy. Um, I know that my wife babysat him uh, when he was a little boy. They lived across the street from each other. Like, I, I have connections with the Turgeons in that way. And so that would be kind of cool to to have him come back uh, and, and coach under his dad. I mean, there are some fun things to think about. Um, you know, all, all these different, like, there are always rumors and, and speculation. And if you could go out and get anybody you would want, who would that be? Um, you know, I've seen message boards dangling Chris Beard's name out there. That's not going to happen. I'm going to tell you that right now. That will not happen. Uh, But it's fun to dream. It's fun to consider things. Um, But man, I guess if you, if you were to say, if Mark Turgeon was ready to come right now uh, and and come back to Wichita, man, that'd be tough. Uh, Cause I like Mark Turgeon a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know. Yeah. I I don't know. know. I don't know. I don't know, Tommy. Cause if it was, (laughs) If you know it's all there, I I think you'd have to strongly consider it, honestly. Um, but I'm just not ready. And and the good news is I don't have to be right. Like we don't like we can we can we can waffle all the all we want. We can go back and forth <laughs> all we want, right? It doesn't matter what we think or do because we don't have any real uh, you know power to do anything. But don't you think also this is why. Kevin Saul is in this role right now. This is why he was qualified to have this job as the athletic director to be able to deliberate and make these tough decisions one way or another. Um, You know, I I think I mentioned it um, a a couple weeks ago. As soon as Kevin Saul got the job, my first thought was Eric Wedge and Isaac Brown. Like those are the two guys that they've got to perform uh, because this is not an athletic director that, that hired them. And these are the two banner carriers, or at least have been, for Wichita State Athletics for, for decades. Uh, and there's already been one change that's been made under Kevin Saul. Um, yeah, but that change was 
whatever you know we that change was made for a different reason um not that wasn't you know Isaac Brown is a stand-up individual that literally everybody likes right so th- th- those situations are are a little different I think the circumstances are clearly different and I I don't know here's what we do know right Kevin Saul has laid out a plan for Wichita State softball that would make you feel like the money-raising aspect of what he's doing is going well, right? There's a vision there for sure. Now we have Fred Van Vliet, and I don't know how much Kevin Saul had to do with this because Fred Van Vliet has talked about this before, but it got done under Kevin Saul, and I would imagine they've had conversations, but Fred Van Vliet and a couple other donors just ponied up a lot of money to update the facilities at Wichita State, which it sounds like, by what the university says, are aimed at you know basketball, men's and women's basketball, and volleyball. And so that's a lot of money right there that was that was brought up. So maybe the momentum behind the scenes is going well. Again, that part of it we don't know right now. But I would venture to guess that due diligence is being done. And and that's the thing. Like it just it's okay to have these conversations and it's okay to consider everything. And it's okay to admit that this team has gotten a lot better than it was at the beginning of the year. And it's okay to be honest and say this team is better than you thought it would be. Because it is. Nobody thought this team was going to be better than it's playing right now. Who thought that? Right outside of that locker room or in that coaching staff. Who thought that this team, when we started this season, would be in the position it's in now, competing with Houston and Memphis on its home floor? Crickets. Yeah. Nobody already. As of right now, they're exceeding preseason expectations, right? right? Preseason from the outside, in the conference? right? From I, the I outside, don't know. Sure. I don't know that that's you know. I don't know that that's what fans would expect, Wichita State fans. But it's what. But the if you're looking for was. a quantifiable place Absolutely. where they I were, they were put somewhere, they've yeah. they've exceeded that as of right now. They have. What I'm saying is seventh place was not going to be good enough anyway for fans. No. So yeah, no they've exceeded that. They've been better than anybody thought they were. It's okay to admit that. And it's okay to also look at this and think, you know, if they can get Jaquan Walton and crew back, Colby Rogers plays, what and and you know, Poto's back and and they're able to bring some other guys back and bring some other guys in in the new look American, which I guess wouldn't start next year, but the year after. Or no, what is start next year? No, it would start next year, yeah. Yeah. So then then, you know, is this team gonna be able to win that league? I mean, I think you'd, yes, it would be. Absolutely. Has, has, and and here's the other thing too. Our issues with, I think, the way that this team played, and if you point at the coaching staff, was that they never seemed to be able to generate offense. They've made a shift this year. They are clearly, this this team is better offensively than, you know, probably any we've seen under Isaac Brown. I, I think that that would be the case. And that's that's really unlocked some things. And I think Isaac Brown absolutely deserves a chance to get better as a head coach, right? He was thrust into this situation in a in the wildest circumstances you could ever imagine. I think you've got to leave room to improve. Why wouldn't you, right? What? Why would we not live in a world where a head coach who's never been a head coach, who's a great basketball coach but hasn't been a head coach, becomes better as a head coach, becomes better as an in-game adjuster, becomes better as a recruiter. 
why can't you leave that room in there? Because I think you, if you're being I'll tell responsible, you, you have to. I'll tell you why. Because of the lofty expectations of the fan base. That's not a knock. It's like you said it before. It is good to have high expectations. Heck right? yeah. Great to have them. Shoot high. Uh, we've seen a, a, a great level of success over the years from this program. But I think that the, I think you can also argue that sometimes it carries over and, and, and carries over into the world of unrealistic. And I think that there were there was a large segment of the fan base that expected Isaac Brown to come in and immediately carry on exactly the level of success that Greg Marshall had right away. That's not realistic. I think you can have high expectations, and that's okay. Yeah, we want them to win. They should win. They have the talent to win. I said it on the show yesterday. They have the talent to play with anybody in the American. It's a question of whether or not they can, and or not if they can, whether or not they will uh, from night in to night out. They have the talent to do so. We've seen that, especially over the last month and a half. So I think that patience is a virtue, right? Patience is something, though, that it's hard to have when you're accustomed to a high level of success for so long, and then all of a sudden you, it kind of seems like you're falling off a cliff. Okay, maybe they did a little bit, but it takes time to build that back. And again, I'm not advocating here for Isaac Brown to be the head coach for Wichita State for the next 10 years or 20 years. I, I, I don't know if he's the right long-term fit. I just don't know that. But what I do know is that we are seeing him, at least my assessment of this, seeing things improve from a month and a half ago to now. Whether or not that can be sustained is a completely different story. So the last three years for Wichita State in the American, or or the three years in the American, you know, under Greg Marshall at Wichita State, Wichita State went 14 and 4, 10 and 8, and 11 and 7. They finished second, sixth, and fourth. Okay. So Isaac Brown's years, they won it and went 10 and 2. And then last year uh, was very disappointing, six and nine, right? And then this year, currently, they're seven and eight, and they will play three more games, and I think win two of those three. So they'll they'll I think finish nine and nine. It's not that different than what it was in the American, in you know in those last couple of years for Greg. Moore. It's not. It's the difference of a couple of games either direction. I mean, it, it, it. And I know that drives people nuts when I say stuff like that, but it is what it is. Guess what else happened in all of those off seasons? All the players left, right? Like the transfer thing has been happening. That's not been since Isaac Brown took over. That's been like the last five years. So you got to, like, I want the expectations to be where they were in peak shocker days. Don't get, I, I, I want that. I, I, there's not anything more fun to me living here in the sports world than that. That has been, to me, the best ticket there is. Because you can go. You can get there. You don't have to travel two hours up the road like you do to the other big schools, which is totally fine and awesome. But to have that in town has been the best thing. And so I want those expectations that high, too. I just want those expectations to be realistic expectations. Right. And, and you know what? I've also seen a lot of people, and I've heard from a lot of people over the last— God, I don't know how long, months, year, two years, 
really when things started uh, after the Shockers won the American in Isaac Brown's first year as head coach, where, you know, there, there were different comments that were made about, you know, does he inspire confidence? What kind of personality does he have? And then, of course, I think you can you can contrast it with what Jerome Tang is doing at Kansas State and his personality and, you know, very how he's different. jumping into the crowd. Very, yeah. very like night and day. Apples and oranges different between the two coaches. But I've heard comparisons about their personalities as being a reason why Coke Arena isn't full as being a reason why there's apathy in the program. That's a bunch of baloney. That does not matter. I can tell you right now, if we're going to talk about Jerome Tang, it wouldn't matter if he's jumping into the crowd and doing the Wabash Cannonball or not if they're winning. If they're winning games, it doesn't matter a lick. It doesn't matter if Isaac Brown is jumping into the student section and doing stuff or not as long as they're winning. You know what cures? Empty seats, winning. And I don't care. It doesn't matter if it's a coach that you look at and you're like, man, he's charismatic and oh man, he inspires confidence. And oh man, like he's got, you know, the personality to lead. It does that doesn't matter. You know what matters? Winning. That's it. That's it. That's all that matters. And well, so I don't care. I don't care. I don't care about any that's all noise. That's all on the outside. The only place I'll disagree with that a little bit is Jerome Tang has inspired that community. Yes, winning's been a part of that, obviously. But man, like he stopped the chant at a KU game, and they don't do it anymore. So his impact has been now it goes hand in but hand. But I don't winning. think he would have been able to stop that chant if they had lost the game, right? No, 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 no. That I, I'm not discounting the fact that they're winning games, but he, but Jerome Tang he gets is a like, larger voice because they're winning. If they were last place in the Big Twelve, he can jump in the stands all he wants. It's not going to do anything. He's backed it up by winning games. There's no doubt about that. But he also, along with that, had because uh, Bruce Weber went to Elite Eights. Bruce Weber had great teams, won Big 12 titles, and we didn't see any of that. So it's not just winning, right? Because Bruce Weber had years where he won a ton of games and never inspired anything like that. So it's the combination of things. But I think Jerome Tang is a unicorn, right? Like, I think what he's done and who he is is so unique and like to to think that Gene Taylor has knocked it out of the park with both his football and men's basketball coach like that if there is a college basketball administrator of the year award maybe there is maybe there isn't it needs to be Gene Taylor's award for those two hires I, I mean almost perfect hires seemingly I so and and again trying to compare the Kansas State job to Wichita State is not fair right now. It's not fair right now. Now, big picture, because the Wichita State job when Greg Marshall was, when they were at their peak in the greatest era of Shocker basketball ever, was a better job than K-State. Right? Like, they were they were selling more tickets, they were better teams, like whatever you want, to, however you want to equate it. But it's not a level playing field either. Right? If you, if you started over and said which job's better, that's not fair. So, it has to have room, and I do think, like, Shocker fans at their core aren't the same as K-State fans either, Tommy. Shocker fans are, they Wichita State is treated like a pro team. It's an older fan base. It's not like you have the student section of K-State, right? It's just not what it is, and and it is treated more business-like, I think, than a place like K-State where there's far more emotion into it from, like, a student section. So it, you you can have both. I don't think the Shockers need somebody jumping into the stands 
to to get down to the white stripes riff, right? It doesn't. It's not necessary for Wichita State like it is at Kansas State. It's just a totally different kind of job. But there's no reason. There is no reason Wichita State can't be as good a job as Memphis. I mean, it's just not because it's the almost the same circumstances. You're in a big metropolitan area. You've got a rich history. You've got a great facility and arena that you are used to selling out. When things are going well, it, that's what it needs to be. And and I think that's what ultimately is the goal. But I don't think it's you know Penny Hardaway makes that a bad example, right? Because he's because he's yeah. an, it'd be like it'd be like if Fred Van Vliet came back to coach the Shockers. But he he wouldn't need to jump in the stands or anything like that. that's different. It's a different kind of job than that. Yeah, I I think that when everything is is lined out, when we get to the end of the season, um, again. There are so many different moving parts in this that yeah. are financial in nature. And that's that okay. Are, it's okay. It's all right. Um, I know there is a section of the fan base that they're ready to kick down the door, right? They've got their pitchforks and their torches sure. ready to go. And I get that. That means they care. And I, I understand that. I support it, right? Like, I, 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 I totally. support the, the passion uh, and wanting it to be better. The folks that put up the billboards, you know, last year. Like, I, I get it. They're passionate. They want it to be better. I completely understand that. But I think that there are so many other factors at play in this that, uh, it, it again, I don't envy Kevin Salt. I don't envy the decision that he has to make uh, and playing everything into it. Um, it's going to be really tough for him. But again, I think that a, a knee-jerk snap reaction right now, I think you've got to make sure that you, you've got all your bases covered. Yeah, and and look, that, that fan base that is so passionate about winning will be there when the team is, you know, if, if Isaac Brown turns it around and they if, if he gets a chance and they bring their guys back and win the league next year, that portion of the fan base is going to support Isaac Brown. Shocker fans are great fans. That's all they care about is winning. Right? Like, that's it. That's the most important thing, at least generally speaking. Um, 869-1240. Tommy, as we go into this break, and we'll switch to the Big 12 after this, let's give away some stuff here. Let's start with hockey, right? Uh, we got a chance to, to give away some hockey tickets. Yeah, so next Friday night, a week from tonight, Interest Bank Arena, the Wichita Thunder back in action. It's Star Wars night, so that'll be a lot of fun. We'll give you four tickets to that game a week from tonight at Interest Bank Arena. All right, so plenty of time to make plans for that. We'll throw in a couple of HTO Brewhouse free drinks, which are coffee and hot drinks. That just launched today out at the East location. Jad will get you four hockey tickets and a couple of Brewhouse drinks on us here at Sports Daily. We'll come back. Big 12 basketball talk next. back everybody we appreciate the uh we appreciate the interaction here from shocker fans i i i think it's fascinating we're always gonna hit these topics on the air and be as pragmatic as possible 
Um, I don't I don't have the answer because I don't think it's simple at this point. I don't think it's a simple answer. And I think you can get it wrong, and I think it can get worse, and I think that's very dangerous. Um, and so that complicates it from being a simple solution because if you make the wrong hire and it gets worse, then what? Right? Then now you're really playing from behind. But at the same time, you need butts in those seats. You need a fan base that's excited. And for Isaac Brown, if he's going to ultimately be the best version of a shocker coach he can be, it's going to be because they're winning a ton of games, right? Because I, I think other guys can survive some patches of mediocrity if they are very well connected with the right people. And and I don't think Isaac Brown Isaac Brown's never going to do that. That's not his personality. He's a basketball coach, period, right? And so they're going to have to win a ton of games, I think, for him to have the fan base excited. And we'll see. Um, you know, right now they're not winning enough games. And and is it enough to buy a little extra time in a very complicated financial environment? That's only, only one person gets to make that decision, and it's not us. Do you think that Wichita State, and by that I don't mean the university, I mean the overall fan base, all the stakeholders, everybody involved in Wichita State basketball, do you think they've been fair to Isaac Brown? Um. The a portion of the fan base. Well, yeah, I think so. As, you as think tough overall, as it is, in the last three seasons, the overall yeah uh, universe, the the universe of of Shocker basketball has been fair to Isaac Brown. Yes, um, because I think that it was. You know, I think it again. I think most people were on board, including all the alumni and everybody else, when he was given the job for more than just the interim. And that was fair based on the success they had that year. I think the next year, which was very underwhelming, right? I think there has been the appropriate amount of, you know, um, criticism. And I think this year, and he, he, this year I do think has been fair. Here's why. Because at the beginning of the year, the detractors were loud because of last year. And that that is fair. And then I think as this season has gone on, they have had two marquee home games in the past, what, three, four weeks? Houston and Memphis. And those were good environments to play basketball in. The UCF environment was pretty good. Now, that was the most disappointing loss of the year to me because that just decimated the the momentum that was building. But on a 6 o'clock Thursday game, that's, that's, that, was a, that was an okay crowd last night. So, again, I think the fans are appropriately reacting to a team that is playing much, much better. You know, the SMU game on Super Bowl Sunday, not well attended. Don't know what to look into that. And and the and people want the decisions to be made right now. You can want all you all you you just have to be honest with the situation. Just like you had to be honest with the situation when the interim tag was removed. And and there were names at that point that got brought up as guys that we have to go for that would have been terrible hires. So, right? Like it you you it's not so easy to just do that stuff. It can be worse than this. And this is is a team that's, I mean, you're not being honest if you can't say that this team has gotten better over the course of this year. You're, you're just not being honest. And so we'll see what happens. If is, and, and, and Mark Turgeon's name got brought up because he was brought up in a report. Is that so much of a slam dunk home run hire that you just have to make it happen? 
I, I I'm not I'm 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 not going to commit to that either direction because I don't know, and I'm totally fine not knowing, right? I don't think Mark Turgeon, by what what I can tell Tommy and you and Jad would have more insight to this, was not the type of personality that Greg Marshall was, right? No, like no, two totally different situations, right? And and from what I can gather, was more akin to the stoic, reserved nature of Isaac Brown. Yeah, I think you're right on that. Um, you know, I don't remember him being flamboyant and over the top and charismatic and loud and demonstrative like Greg Marshall was during his tenure. That's that's a big reason why the entire college basketball landscape, they were fixated on Greg Marshall for so long. There was kind of a cult of personality that developed oh, there was nothing around like Greg it. Marshall. That nothing was not like Mark Turgeon. That was not Mark Turgeon. And that was not Isaac Brown. And so the, the, the fan base, if they want a big, splashy, slam dunk hire, yeah, you've got the, the homecoming component of it from a Mark Turgeon, but I don't think he's that big. Like, he's not going to come in and, you know, raise the roof like Greg Marshall did night in and night out because yeah. we've, seen, we've seen what Mark Turgeon did at Wichita State, and it wasn't that. So I, I think that if it depends on what, what would satisfy the masses. And um, of course winning does. Right. But right. I think that what ends up happening right now, and I've, I've noticed it throughout the entire season is that everyone is very, very, very quick to jump on IB in a loss, but very, very, very slow to give credit when there yeah. are things that are working well. Uh, we had complained for so long about the lack of offense from this Wichita state team. And here they are scoring a bunch of points and looking a lot more efficient doing it. And I'm not hearing a whole lot of people tipping their cap uh, because of that. So except, I think that except you, that people have have been more excited and shown up for some big games. And, and I don't know if that's more because of the opponent. It, it's it's tough. And and look again, I'm going to say this again. Like everybody wants us to get on here and say it's time or it's not time to do. It's not well. It is not time, in my opinion, because it doesn't matter what you do right now. But you don't have to like. It's okay to just be curious and like waver on this. I think because that's like there's no there's no easy answer to anything, and and so many different factors contribute to this. And unless somebody has intimate knowledge of the buyouts and the fundraising. And, and I feel like there's probably about one person in the world who has that knowledge and it's Kevin Saul and he's never going to tell us because why would he? Then it, it, we're just going to have to just see how this goes. If you can't make the right hire, you don't make a change, period, end of statement. If it's not possible to go make that big splash hire that is a no doubt about it hire, you cannot make that mistake. Because you're already paying three coaches. You can't do it. You know, so just breathe. Let's let's watch the team and hope they continue to develop over the last few games here and see where this thing lands. And then let's evaluate it at that point. Um, congratulations, by the way, to Rodney in Wichita and Andre in Hayesville, our giveaway winners today here on the program. Let's switch to let's let's spend a little time, Tommy, here with the Big Twelve and we'll We'll kind of take this, and we can take it into the next segment and set this up here. Uh, so we've got big games this weekend for both. You know, Kansas and Kansas State do not play in the marquee games this weekend. Um, 
but they play important games because they're both at this point still in the mix to win the Big 12. Um, you've got Kansas taking on Oklahoma State. I'm uh, sorry, Kansas hosting West Virginia and Kansas State going to Oklahoma State. Those are the two games. Let's take an early break here so we can give ourselves plenty of time to get into this in our last full segment. And let's get Kansas State, Kansas. Like, what has to happen? What are the chances Kansas State can still hang in this race? All of these things we'll talk about in our last full segment of Sports Daily. Stick with us here. We switch to the Big 12 next. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, welcome back, everybody. Sports Daily. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster with you. We're switching to the Big 12. If you missed anything on our Wichita State conversation, which has dominated the show today, we didn't really intend on that to happen, but we're totally okay with it. And it may happen several times between now and the end of March, because Wichita State has big decisions to make and is playing better now. And that, you know, maybe that complicates things in a good way. Uh, we got the Big 12 this weekend, Tommy. Kansas is going to finish with West Virginia and Texas Tech at home and then at Texas. And they have a two-game lead on Kansas State here. I don't I don't think it's in the cards. I, I think it's going to be near impossible for Kansas State to catch them with that remaining on the schedule for KU. But it's still mathematically in play. 
which means we have a really big weekend again in, in big game every game that you play in the Big 12. West Virginia coming into Kansas. That's at 3 o'clock. You'll hear it right here on KFH. Um, and Kansas State goes to Oklahoma State. That's the earlier game at 1 o'clock. So we'll see. I You know, they're not the marquee games. The marquee game for sure is Texas at Baylor. I think the other marquee game in the Big 12, Tommy, is TCU going to Texas Tech as Tech tries to continue to to punch its ticket and improve that resume as they're playing really well. But there are a couple of Big 12 games that, you know, if Kansas wants to win it, they obviously have to have it. And if Kansas State wants to keep pace, they got to go get a big-time tough road win. Yeah, and the difficult thing for the Wildcats is going on the road to Stillwater, and the Cowboys have been pretty pesky all season long. We talked to Tim Fitzgerald yesterday on the show uh, about that. And, you know, of course, this was an Oklahoma State team that started off really poor in Big 12 play, rattled off five wins in a row, and you thought, okay, like they could maybe even be a top 25 team. They've now lost three. Uh, but they've got a ton of talent. Bryce Thompson is one of the better players in the Big 12 uh, for Mike Boynton's squad. And so that's going to be a difficult place for the Wildcats to go in and play. But that being said, I feel more confident about Kansas State than I did a week ago. They've kind of gotten off that skid. They've gotten over the hump, um, especially that second half against Baylor earlier this week. That's inspired some confidence in my mind and what they can do this weekend uh, in Stillwater. Yeah, it's... Uh... It's it's look for K-State. I, I'm I, I'm not really going to just like pretend like they're going to be able to win the Big 12 because I think it would just take too much for that to happen. Possible. Yes. But honestly, I just want to see him go on the road and play well. Right. Because we, we kept wondering, did they hit a wall? Was it because they were playing all these road games? Well, they're clearly playing better now. Can they continue that onto the road and go do that at Oklahoma State? I, I think the game is more intriguing for that reason than anything. Um, and so I, I, I just continue to wonder what sort of run is possible for Kansas state on these neutral floor NCAA tournament games. And I honestly, with two all Americans and the way that, you know, they've shown us they can defend at times. Like, I really think this is a team that can make a run. Like I, I do, I, you know, a lot of the same things we're loving about Kansas, that they're playing their best defense at the right time. Their best players are really, you know, showing up and and ramping it up. Kansas State's doing a lot of that same stuff. Now, it's a it's a lighter version of that. I think Kansas is just more talented, but I think both of these teams are capable of making runs in the NCAA tournament and, you know, getting them to that point. This is where that coaching stuff really locks in like we know this is what makes this time of year is what makes bill self in my opinion the best in the business is what his teams do over these final stretches and how well they always play late in the year ncaa tournament you know set aside because that's nobody always plays well in the ncaa tournament but down the stretch of seasons bill self's teams always are peaking at the right time i think it's reasonable to say that that is possible for this k-state team they went through their adversity. They're playing well now. Can they continue that through the Big 12 tournament? We're about to find out. I mean, that's can Jerome Tang add that to these this list of amazing things he's done in year one? I keep going back to, in my mind, the most major difference between these two teams uh, as they're playing right now, as it stands right now. It hasn't always been the case this season, but right now with the Jayhawks, you've got Jalen Wilson and Grady Dick and then a combination of either Dewan Harris or Kevin McCuller or KJ sure. Adams. With Kansas State, you've got Keontae Johnson and Marquise Noel. And then who? There's and no who question. is it from a 
Yeah. Right. And and that that was something that yeah, Tim Fitzgerald talked about uh, yesterday and, and who on that squad can be a reliable third option. He mentioned that in his mind, the best teams in the, in the country have three guys that are uh, at any any point in the game able to take it over and, and be effective. And in his mind, it's it's got to be Desi Sills. Uh, and I don't disagree with that. If Desi Sills can consistently be uh, an impact player, then that's going to make the Wildcats ceiling significantly higher. Uh, and, and I think that that's going to allow them to be more likely a second weekend team in the tournament uh, than if it's just Johnson and Noel game in and game out. Those guys are great. They're both all Americans. But what we saw during the the losing skid for K-State was they got really tired. The two of those guys, especially Keontae Johnson, they were worn out and there wasn't a reliable third option behind them. And so I think that that's going to raise the ceiling significantly for Kansas State. If it's going to be Desi Sills or whoever, develop into more of a consistent threat. Yeah, it's uh, it is <laughs> it, it it's not gonna. Ha- I don't think it's gonna happen. Um, but I also think that it's enough, right? For Noel, I think Noel and Johnson are enough. There aren't very many teams across the country that can roll out two All Americans. I mean, there's just not. So. I think that's enough, right, to, to have success. If everybody else is is doing the other stuff, if everybody else defends well and makes sure they're rebounding the ball and doesn't turn it over, I think that they can get enough offense out of those two guys and whatever else happens. I really do. Um, Kansas, they're, they've got a luxury, right? They have one of the best defenders in the country, and you know they have the arguably the best freshman in the country, and maybe the Naismith in the country, and one of the best point guards in the country. Like, that's a luxury that Kansas has. I think it's why they're realistically a I, I, I again, I'll say this again. I will bet that they will be the odds on favorite to win the national championship when we get to the NCAA tournament. I, I'll make I think that's gonna happen. So I don't I don't know at this point if it's fair to compare Kansas State and Kansas. Kansas State's not as talented as Kansas. They have two all Americans though. And that's a whole lot more than just about any other team in the country can have, right? There aren't a lot of teams that have that. There are deeper teams, but how many teams in America right now have those two caliber players to roll out there? There aren't very many. So I'll roll with that. Yeah, and look, I don't want to downplay the importance of Johnson and Noel. Uh, they're, They're phenomenal players. They're great. What Keontae Johnson has done coming back, his story, and playing for Kansas State, it's been incredible. Marquise Noel sticking with the program when Jerome Tang came in and playing at a high level. Yeah, it's all it's great. My only hesitation is committing to them as a second weekend team when all the burden falls on the, the shoulders of Johnson and Noel, game in and game out. And we know the NCAA tournament is a grind. And my only concern about them is tired legs from those two guys because that's when they hit their skid in the big 12 this season was when those guys were carrying the burden just the two of them and getting pretty tired look i I, but again everybody's dealing with that and you've got two seniors here i just i think they're gonna be fine i think they're gonna be fine i think they got tired and hit a wall because they were playing a ton of games on the road at that point but everybody's gonna be in that boat once you get through conference tournaments and into the NCAA tournament, that's not going to be unique to Kansas State. They're all going. Where every, every team's going to be in that situation. So is Kansas, by the way. You're right. Kansas is really, really top heavy. You're right. 
that's why I'm not ready. I, yeah, it's hard to to commit to really any team that unless they have a significant amount of depth. Unless they're seven or eight deep. Team. Right. Right. Well, I, but but that's what I mean. Is so if it's an even playing field in that, I do like the chances of a team that has two caliber players like Kansas State has. That's that's what I'm saying. So you know, if all things are equal in that everybody's going to be tired, and there aren't very many teams that can run seven or eight deep, I'll take my shot with two All Americans, especially when one of them's a point guard. Right, like that that helps too. Great guards win tournament games. We know it. Marquise Noel, what he did in that most recent game. I mean, my goodness, against Baylor, he wasn't. He didn't have to score. I mean, his impact on that game was every possession. It felt like down the stretch. That's what they got to have out of him. And I and I do think that they'll have an opportunity to. It's not rest, right? You can never rest in college basketball. You got to play two games a week. You're probably traveling, and then you get into a conference tournament, and then an NCAA tournament. I mean, you're gassed. And and I just like having two players of that caliber. At that point, here's a perfect example as it relates to Kansas State. When they beat KU in Manhattan, that was because of Desi Sills. Desi Sills had what, like 24 oh, points off the bench? Yeah. Right? So, yeah, of course, Johnson and Noel are going to do great things. But for a, a Kansas State team in the tournament to beat a, a, a top caliber team like a KU or, I mean, name any of the top five teams in, in America, right. they've got to have that contribution from a, sure. from a third option, right? I, I agree with that. I just don't think it's going to be consistent. I think one game it could be Desi Sills. One game it could be Naquan Tomlin. One game it could be, you know, Cam Carter. Like, whatever. It could be different guys. Like, I don't. I just don't think it's going to be the two others. Yes, they, they're going to have to have somebody step up for sure. There's no doubt about that. That, but but I don't think it's going to be like I think we all want this third option to present itself and like always be the third option down the stretch. I don't think that's going to happen. As long as it's somebody, though, and it could be different people in every game, then they're okay. And Marquise Noel, honestly, is going to have a lot to do with that because he's who's going to get you know he's going to get somebody good looks. Who's going to step up and and take advantage of those good looks? I'm okay if it's a different person each game. Yeah, I think it is. I mean, you've got to have that. You've got right. to have that other option. And, and uh, of course, as we get down the stretch in the regular season, I, I know that K State fans would love to see somebody consistent be able to to plow through yeah. and make that happen i don't think it will though i and i hope i'm wrong i mean it'd be nice if that happens but i just think it i don't think a consistent third option is going to happen because it hasn't happened all year we'll see 869-1240 we'll come back we got a busy weekend on our family and networks we'll tell you all about it when we return we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof well you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds what could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds let odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs advertise with odyssey visit ads.odyssey.com